You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. Good morning. Um, in recent years, our culture has become fascinated with the living dead, with vampires and zombies, and they've grown in popularity with the walking dead and you know, the comics and TV show and World War Z and um, Twilight books and movies and True Blood and all sorts of other uh, pop culture uh, examples of vampires and zombies. And these things have been in our pop culture for a little while, but in the last few years, there seems to be a lot more interest in vampires and zombies. I, I found a website where you can um, zombie yourself um, which, of course, I did, because um, there's nothing, uh, nothing better than when you're preparing a sermon than procrastination. And so, do you, do you want to see my zombie picture? I'm just asking to be polite, because I'm going to show it anyway. Um, let's, let's see my zombie. There we go. It's my zombie picture. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Look at those British teeth. I know. It's true. They're my actual teeth. They're they're not the zombie teeth. (laughs) Uh, I wish that wasn't true. And the thing thing about vampire stories and zombie stories, the thing about these characters is that they are the living dead. They are creatures that are living... They are walking, they are breathing, they are talking, but they are really dead. And many people have noted that our culture's current fascination with these stories is because that is how many people feel. They are living, but they are really dead. And the thrust of many of these stories is addressing the fear of facing this truth. That we're walking around this earth, living and breathing, but really we're dead. And last week, Tom spoke from Ephesians 5, where it says, Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And he spoke about how we build walls for ourselves. We build walls and fences of security and safety to shield us from pain to protect us from the world. But the thing is that those walls and those shields never work. And they leave us asleep. We are living, but we feel dead. We are living, but in reality, we may as well be asleep. And over the summer, we're going to do a series called Beyond Us. And this sermon series is going to be about how today, what does it look like to live beyond ourselves? What does it look like to live lives that are more than just us and our problems and our issues? But how do we live lives that go beyond us into Jacksonville and beyond? And we're going to pick up where Tom left off last week in Ephesians 5. What does it mean to be awake? What does it mean to be alive? So, Ephesians 5 says this. 
Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery, which basically is saying, do not fill your life with things that lead to death. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The letter to the Ephesians is written to a good church, a healthy church, not a church that's in the middle of a great conflict or uh, controversy, unlike every other New Testament letter. Every other New Testament letter is written to a church which is in the middle of some kind of conflict, some kind of controversy. And as, do you say controversy or do you say controversy? Controversy, got it right. Ooh. So whereas every other letter is written in those circumstances to address an issue, this letter to the Ephesians isn't written that way. This letter to the Ephesians is written to a good, healthy, growing church. Eugene Peterson in this book, this is an amazing book, and if you, you are a reader, you like to read you know, little Christian books or theology books, I, I greatly encourage you to read this. This is called um, a Practice Resurrection, and it's an amazing book on the book of Ephesians. Uh, about growing in Christ and learning to, to live in the, in the patient work of the Spirit. And he says in this book, he says, Ephesians works in the other direction to all the other letters. It immerses us in the holy and healthy conditions of which a mature life can develop. It's a letter written to a good church that he wants to become a great church, that he wants to come alive and the book of Ephesians is, is, is really relevant for us in this time at RCC. We are an established church. We are a healthy church. We are a spirit-filled church that God is calling to grow deeper in devotion to him and further in the kingdom of God. There are many parallels between the church in Ephesus, the, the Ephesians, and us. And here in chapter 5, Paul calls the people out of their safe and secure but ultimately dead and asleep lives to awaken, to come alive and to be all who they are made to be. Wake up sleep, arise from the dead, it says in Ephesians 5. So how? How do we waken? How do we come alive? Paul addresses it. Verse 18, it says this. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Do not fill your things, don't fill your life with things that lead to death, but be filled with the Spirit. Do not fill your life with things that lead to death, but instead be filled with the Spirit. The only way to live life fully awake, fully alive, is to be filled with the Spirit. I grew up in a Christian home. So I've been going to church as long as I can remember. And like uh, many of you who uh, grew up in church, um, I, I can't pinpoint an exact day where I became a Christian. I know from my childhood I spent a lot of it coloring in pictures of Moses and, um, and other people with sandals and beards. Um, 
And so I grew up in church. I grew up with parents who had faith. I grew up in this environment of faith. And so I can't look back at my childhood or my teenage years and pinpoint a day that I became a Christian. There were certainly important days and important marks like various summer camps or when I got baptized as a, as a young teenager. And there were various important times, but I can't pinpoint a day where one day I was, wasn't a Christian and the next day I was. And that might be true for some of you. But as I look back, even though I can't pinpoint one day where I became a Christian, I can pinpoint the day that I was filled with the Spirit. I was 15 years old, um, living in London, with my parents, obviously. I wasn't Oliver Twist. Um, <laughs> and the youth leaders in our church, the, the youth leaders we had in our church were so set upon us knowing God, so set upon us growing with him, that they refused to just do um, Bible studies and games with us like every other youth group did. And so what we would do is uh, they insisted every week that in our youth group we would, we would worship together and we would pray when we would um, receive prayer, which if you're a teenager is pretty awkward and painful um, to be 12 teenagers in a room um, worshipping to a mixtape um, with the words that have been handwritten on paper and stuck to the walls. Um, it was awkward and it was painful and I never really saw the point. I never really understood the point. Why did they make us do this every week? Couldn't we just, you know, play games? And um, it was, you know, awkward and uncomfortable as most things as teenagers are. And one evening we were having this Bible study and we were, we were doing our, our mixtape worship and they were praying for us at the end like they did every week. They would come around and they would just lay hands on us and pray for us. And I never really paid much attention to what they were praying. Most of the time I was uh, waiting for them to hurry up so we could you know, eat pizza and I could flirt unsuccessfully with uh, girls. And so I never really paid much attention to what was going on. But one time, for whatever reason I did, for, for, for one time, for whatever reason, I felt you know, awake to it and I listened to what they were praying and as they lay hands on me they, pray, they were praying come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit and fill David up and they would just wait and they would just pray that prayer and then they would just wait and we would wait and we would wait and they would just pray nothing else more Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit and I remember this one time and they were praying and they were saying that that I noticed and it hit me it just hit me like this flood of energy this flood of warmth and love the most incredible sense of the holy power of God filling me up it's hard to describe it's kind of, it, it was kind of like energy it was kind of like electricity but not, it wasn't like a shock it wasn't like you know, painful it was like kind it was gentle it was Warm. It was loving, but it was powerful. It was kind of like this kind electricity. And it was overwhelming. It, I, I, I just totally didn't expect it. And it was overwhelming. And, and you know, it, it just hit me like a flood. And it was so overwhelming, I, I fell over. And luckily there was a beanbag. 
You know, God provides. There was a beanbag underneath me and I, I fell down. And, you know, I wasn't really thinking about it because if I had thought about it, there's no way on earth I would ever have fallen over in front of all my friends when no one else is falling over. You know, it's not, you know, I'd never seen this. I'd never seen anyone fall over in the spirit or fall over in church before. I didn't know what it was. And I had no framework for it. I had no understanding of it. But I just knew what I was feeling was this incredible warmth, this incredible love this incredible power of the holy presence of God filling me up. And I had experienced the presence of God in worship before. I had been to you know, a, a sort of Bible camps and sometimes at church on very specific occasions where the worship had been really powerful and I had experienced God. I would experienced the presence of God. But I had never had an experience where God had been inside of me had been in you know this this presence of God which I'd experienced perhaps on the outside in the room that he came to live and be and dwell and fill me so great so what I had a powerful experience and I fell over and you know probably shook a little bit good for me so what what changed in short, everything changed. I already had faith. I'd grown up in this Christian home. I, at some point, I'd kind of become a Christian. I'd got baptized. I'd wanted to get baptized. I believed in God. I believed in Jesus. I knew who Jesus was. I knew what he wanted to do. I, and it's not like it was just a religion for me either. I had a relationship with God. I would pray. I would know him. I had a relationship with God. I had a relationship with him. And I already had some desire to follow him and know him. That existed in me already. But what happened that evening when the Holy Spirit filled me up was that God took that faith, God took that understanding, God took that desire and that relationship I had and he set it on fire. I went from being someone who believed in God and knew God, knew him personally, to someone who was on fire for him. My hunger to know him exploded. I wasn't interested in being a Christian anymore. I just wanted to be consumed by him. I wanted to be taken over by him. I wanted my whole life to be his. I wanted everything he had. I wanted everything that God is. And you want to know what being alive looks like you want to know what being awake looks like it looks like being filled with the spirit do not fill your things your life with things that lead to death but instead be filled with the spirit the Greek word in this verse in verse 18 of chapter 5 of Ephesians the Greek word for, for to be filled is um Playaro. And this Greek word playaro doesn't mean just to be filled. It means to be filled to overflowing. We need to be continually asking for more of the Spirit. We need to be filled by Him and we need to continue to be filled by Him. Not because we leak, not because we lose Him, not because He diminishes in us in any way whatsoever 
but because we need to be overflowing with the Spirit. There is a difference to, be, to being filled with the Spirit and to being overflowed with the Spirit, overflowing with the Spirit. And I'm going to illustrate that. So I can fill this glass up. I see this glass, I fill it up. There it is, full. And a little overflowing. So it's full and a little overflowing. But now is it overflowing? Now is it overflowing? No, it's just full. It's just full. The only way it can continue to overflow, the only way it can continue to overflow is if it keeps getting filled. The only way that we can continue to be overflowing with the Spirit of God is if we continue to be filled. If we continue to be filled. It's not because we lose it. It's not because we don't have it. It's not because God diminishes in us. But because the only way to be overflowing in the Spirit is to be continue to be filled. So to be awake and to be alive, to not be a zombie, to not walk around asleep, is to be filled, continually filled with with the Holy Spirit. But what does that mean? What does it look like to be overflowing with the Spirit? Well, I think Paul tells us in in the next verse. 5 and 18, it says, Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Instead, be overflowing with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. The overflow of being filled with the Spirit is worship. The overflow of being filled with the Spirit is worship and praise and adoration. The whole spectrum of worship. Here, Paul references psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Psalms are the songs of life. Psalms are the songs of joy and sorrow and delight and despair. Songs of dancing and mourning. Songs of grief. The Psalms are songs of joy. They're songs of victory. All of life's emotions are found in these Psalms. Out of the overflow of the Spirit, these songs of life arise. God is not afraid of your song. God is not afraid of your voice or the things you have to say to him. He wants all of your worship, including the doubt, including the despair, including the frustration. And the Psalms are the songs of life. And as we are filled with the Spirit, we are filled with worship. As the Spirit overflows out of us, worship overflows out of us. The hymns are like the songs of faith. Songs that sing out the unchanging truths of God, of his character, of his nature. They are the hymns are the songs that declare the wonder of God and the incredible things he has done. They're the songs that believe in God even when we don't see it. And spiritual songs, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Spiritual songs are like the deepest yearnings of our spirits. They are like the rawest, innermost longings that come forth in any given moment. When we're commanded to sing a new song to the Lord in the Psalms, this is what it means to sing spiritual songs, deep spiritual songs. 
Often we can barely understand what we're singing or why we're singing it. But these songs come from deep within us. And Psalm 42 describes it as deep calls to deep. The depths of who we are crying out to the depths of who he is. Just have a drink. And Paul's clearly talking about song worship here in these psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. He's clearly talking about song worship. But he's talking about more than that as well. The next verse says this. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just about singing. And Paul uses this metaphor of singing, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, of what it means to be overflowing with the Spirit. But what he really means and what he gets to and what you can see throughout all of his letters is that it's not about just singing. It's about your heart becoming a song of worship to God. It's about your very heart becoming a song of worship to God. It's about your life being a song of worship to Him. That your, everything you are becomes this hymn of praise, this hymn of thanks, this psalm of life, this deep spiritual song of yearning for Him. It's about all you are becoming worship. It's about becoming a living sacrifice, as he says in another letter to the Romans. It's about taking every thought and making it captive to him, which he says in another letter to the Corinthians. The overflow of being filled with the Spirit is a life that's awake. Awake to the glory of God. Awake to the kingdom of God. Awake to love others. Awake to God's work in our world. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. Be filled with the Spirit. Be overflowing in worship. Be calm, worship. Let your life be a song to Him. A life that is overflowing is a life that's lived beyond us. And this sermon series that we're going to look at through the summer is about having lives that overflow. It's not just being about us dealing with our issues, dealing with our problems, dealing with our circumstances, not just about dealing with our baggage, but us becoming people who are overflowing with the Spirit. The story of the Ephesians is, and you can read this in Acts 19. In Acts 19, Paul goes for the first time to the Ephesians. And when he gets there, uh, they don't know about the Holy Spirit. And he teaches them about the Holy Spirit. And then they get filled with the Spirit. They get filled with the Spirit. And that's really the story in Acts of this church in, in Ephesus, that they get filled with the Spirit. And then later on, when he's writing this letter to them, he's reminding them again, be filled, be continually filled, be overflowing with the Spirit. A life that overflows is a life beyond us. It's beyond just having powerful experiences here or at soaking or at conference. It goes beyond just being filled for the sake of being filled. It's about being filled to be overflowing. 
about changing the world. It's about being filled in such a way that our workplaces and our families and our surrounding lives are never the same. For about a year now, I think it's about a year, the Lord's put a prayer on my heart that I've been praying for our church, for RCC. I've shared it a little bit with the staff over the time, but the prayer of my heart, probably more than anything in the world actually, is that RCC would be a church that is overflowing with the Spirit of God, that God would move in such a powerful way, that that the Spirit of God would move in such a powerful way that we would never be the same again and that Jacksonville would never be the same again. That's my prayer. That's the prayer of the staff. That's the prayer of the elders. That's the prayer of this church, this body. Lord, would you move in such a powerful way that we would never be the same again and this city would never be the same again. And what we're going to do is we're going to stand now. And we're going we're gonna to do ministry time just slightly different to how we normally do. Normally what happens at RCC is that we come forward and we respond to the talk. We, you know, there's something going on in our lives, something going on in our hearts that we want to respond to and we, we're asking God to speak into that. We're asking God to, to do something in the middle of that. And we're, just, we're not really going to do that today. What we're going to do is going to be a lot more simple. We're going to come forward and we're just going to ask that the Lord would fill us with his Holy Spirit. Fill us to overflowing with his Holy Spirit. And if that's you, maybe, you're, maybe you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit like I was describing or anything close to like I was describing but you're hungry for it and you want it. And if God, if, if God is here and he's going to do that, you want it. Now I'm going to invite you to come forward. Maybe you're, maybe you're like me and you're a teenager. And you've never, maybe you've known God, you have a relationship with God, but you've never been filled with the Spirit like that. And then I'm going to invite you forward too. Maybe, maybe you have been filled with the Spirit. Maybe you got filled with the Spirit on a life course or here on a Sunday, or way back at CRM. Or maybe there was a time in your life where you were continually filled with the Spirit, but you haven't for so long. And you felt dry. You felt like a zombie walking around. Alive, but not alive. I invite you to come forward. And if that's you, if you want to be filled with the Spirit today, then come forward. And we're going to pray for you. When you begin to come forward, if you're on the ministry team, Why don't you also begin to come forward?